Well, welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and this is uh, part two of Future Topics Preview. Are all religions the same? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, some are extremely uh, nonviolent, some are extremely violent. Uh, are there very troubling passages in all the religious books of all the different religions? Uh, yes, especially the Abrahamic religions which are the ones I'm the most familiar with. But does that mean that they're all the same? They're all equally violent? No, not in modern times. I was born in 1970, and in my lifetime, uh, it's been, uh, it, the, the, the Christians and the Jews have become very, very nonviolent, uh, very more secular, uh, more reasonable, um, with obviously there's obviously you know, outliers and exceptions. But for the most part, they, they, they're nonviolent. Uh, when I left religion, I didn't worry about being killed. I didn't worry about being harmed. My family was extremely disappointed, but they, there, you know, there was no, no, uh, you know, feeling of uh, a threat of violence or, or and especially not being, uh, you know, actually killed. You can't say the same about Islam. With Islam, uh, you know, you know, with, I'll give you a good example. The uh, there was a, a, a art exhibit in New York, and. It was a crucifix hung upside down in a, in a jar of urine, covered in feces. Now, Christians protested this. There was complaints made, but nobody killed anybody. Nobody assaulted anybody. Nobody harmed anybody. Uh, and obviously, nobody killed anybody. Um, if, if, you, if you look at the news, there was no instance of any sort of violence, any sort of, uh, you know, damage to the building, there was no destruction, uh, nothing like that. Now, if you look at uh, cases where uh, Muslims feel that they have been uh, insulted, there's plenty of cases of violence, plenty of cases of threats of violence, and, and even plenty of cases of murder. We have the Charlie Hebdo case, uh, we have the, uh, the, uh, oh, uh, the Draw Muhammad case in Texas, and uh, the two Muslim men that went in to try to uh, want to assassinate the people that were participating in the contest. Um, and there's many, many more examples, many more examples. You just don't see that um, when it comes from the Christians and Jews. And again, I'm focusing primarily on the three Abrahamic religions. So if you leave Christianity or Judaism, there's no threat of being killed. There's no idea of killing apostates. They simply accept it. They, they may not be happy about it, and you may get nagged about it. And it may be brought up at uh, family reunions and get-togethers, and maybe even around the dinner table and every time you have a conversation on the phone. But there's no threat of violence. And I, I think that's the, the makes the big, all the difference in the world. Um, so, you know, a, a, again, the, the threat from uh, Islam is, is a major threat. Um, I, I hope that changes. I hope they can become more moderate and uh, more reasonable and more secular. And uh, if they do, then I'll embrace them just the way I do the Christians and the Jews and all the other religions in the world. But until that, I have to be, you know, I, I have to criticize. I criticize all beliefs, including atheism, even though I'm an atheist. So I, I have to do that. That's my responsibility as, a, as an honest person uh, and someone who believes in free speech. So the next topic we'll talk about is free speech. The United States is the only country in the world that truly has free speech.
Now, of course, there's plenty of lefties out there that are trying to chip away at this. They'd like to see that done away with. Uh, if you step across the border into Canada, you, you, you lose your right to free speech. If you go to Europe or pretty much anywhere else in the world, you lose that right. Now, I, you know, I think there's a lot of horrible opinions in the world. I think there's a lot of disgusting things that people say and just unbelievable beliefs. But as long as it's not an action or a call to action, that's their right. That's their right. They have the right to say anything. They have this right to say that Christians are, are whatever they want to call Christians. They have the right to say that Jews are whatever they want to call Jews. Uh, they, can, they, they have the right to say whatever they want to say about Muslims. Um, you know, obviously that there's a more of a threat because there's always the threat of violence. But they have that right, at least in this country. Uh, the Holocaust happened. It definitely happened. Anybody that says the Holocaust didn't happen, it's absolutely batshit crazy. But as as Christopher Hitchens said in a uh, in a speech in Canada, they should have the right to say that, even if I disagree and I completely disagree with them. But that's irrelevant. It's irrelevant whether I agree or disagree. It's irrelevant whether you agree or disagree. They have the right to say what they want to say. Because if they don't, then what's the next thing that's off the table? You know, we've already heard this Islamophobia stuff. So I never hear anybody coin the term Christi Christianophobia. Or, uh, you know, th there's no phobia involved. If you criticize a religion or, or a group of people, whether it's a religion or a political affiliation uh, or a country or, or whatever the case may be, a culture, um, you should have the right to do that. Even if you're 100% wrong, even if everybody on the planet disagrees with you. And that's, that was basically Christopher Hitchens' point and, and position, and that's mine. So free speech is paramount. Um, if you don't have free speech, you don't have anything at all. And for, I've told this to other people in other countries, and they always say, oh, no, no, we definitely have free speech. I, I remember seeing an interview with uh, oh, uh, Stephen Crowder, and he was interviewing this uh, German exchange student, this German uh, foreign student that came over from Germany and was one of our public universities. I don't recall which one it was. But she said, no, 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 you're a liar. We do have free speech. And then she went on and on, and she's like, yeah, but, you know, you don't get in trouble only for hate speech. Well, who the hell gets to decide who, what hate speech is? Who, who gets to make that decision? Who gets to make the decision of what's acceptable speech and what's not acceptable speech? Is my speech, when I, if I don't believe in God and I say I don't believe in God, which I don't run around screaming there is no God, I'm, I'm not one of those atheists. But if I did, is that hate speech? If I talk about priests in the Catholic Church molesting young boys, is that hate speech? It's stating, it's stating, first of all, it's stating a fact. Second of all, it's, it's valid criticism. And third of all, even if you don't think it's a fact, even if you don't think it's valid criticism, I have the right to believe it. I have the right to express those beliefs with through speech. I mean, it's the first amendment of our Constitution. The first right given. Nothing more important. So, now we'll talk about cults. There's a couple of different cults that are extremely racist, but they kind of flow up, fly, uh, kind of like slide under the radar for some reason, fly under the radar. And that would be the black Hebrew Israelites. They stand out on street corners in major cities. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with them in New York, but they're, they're actually in other various cities. 
Uh, some of them went to, to prison. There was even uh, one of an, an ex-cult member that belonged to the, the uh, Black Hebrew Israelites that uh, was on one of the TV shows giving his uh, position on, on being in a cult and, and the things that they were required to do. And uh, pretty horrific stuff. Pretty horrific stuff. Uh, extremely violent. Uh, I know they used to own a chain of uh, vegetarian restaurants. They had one, one in Cleveland that I saw. And, uh, you know, these guys are very fanatical. Very fanatical. They, they despise white people. Um, you know, they, they, they believe that we were what created in a, a test tube and, and uh, by some evil, you know, we're evil genies. And I forget the name of the character that they said called Yakub, I think it is, supposedly uh, created all of us. It's, it's very, very bizarre stuff. So, um, but they stand out on street corners, they stand out on sidewalks, and they scream and they yell and they cuss and they say horrible things. They say horrible things to other black people. They say horrible things to white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, whoever walks past uh, in their line of fire gets to hear all this vulgar nonsense from them. Now that's freedom of speech. Horrible stuff, horrible stuff, but I don't want them to go to jail for it. I don't want them to be penalized in any possible way. I want them to be, if they're maniacs, I want them to be free to be maniacs. And uh, it is what it is. It just is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, and, uh, you know, they have the right to say what they want to say. Pretty disgusting stuff. Now, when uh, if they find out somebody's Jewish as they're walking by, they say that, uh, well, oh, you're a fake Jew, you're not a real Jew, we're the real Jews. And uh, now, not only do they say that black people are the original Jews and they're the real Jews, they also say now that uh, they've incorporated somehow Mexicans and South Americans, Hispanic people, into this whole uh, idea of being the real Jews. So they went from black people, the original Jews, to, to black people and, and Hispanic people are the original Jews. So it, it's strange to me because you see that amongst the, the KKK and the, the neo-Nazis and, and the white supremacists. So that's one thing they have in common. It seems like the people that are the most anti-Semitic and despise Jewish people and despise Israel are the ones that want to be Jews. They want to be Jews themselves so bad. And I think that, you know, they're jealous of the Jewish people and the accomplishments that they've made and the way they've been able to overcome adversity. And it's sad and pathetic, but again, I want them to have the right to say whatever nonsense they want to say, to believe what they want to believe, to promote their ideas, that, you know, as long as they're not saying go out and kill someone, which in some cases they are. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, lot of uh, overlap in beliefs when it comes to black nationalists, like the, the Nation of Islam. Um, there used to be a group, I believe it was out of Chicago, called uh, the Africa Group. They, called them, they named themselves Africa. Um, there's also another group. Um, it's a type of sovereign citizen. Um, they, they, they claim to be uh, Moorish Americans and, uh, you know, that they're ambassadors from Morocco. Of course, the government of Morocco has absolutely nothing to do with these fools. And it's all just a made-up crap that comes out of their mouth. But they believe that, you know, they, they fully believe that they're the you know, ambassadors of Morocco, which is very, very odd. Um, so, you know, and they don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon with their nonsense, which is fine. Again, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, but, you know, they claim that they're the real Jews. There was even a contention of them that went over 
that went over to Israel and refused to leave. And finally, they they embraced them because you know what else were they going to do? Um, and so, and they caused problems over there. It's you know, anytime you have a cult, a violent cult, you're going to have problems. You're going to have a lot of problems. Um, so I don't know how to get around that. Louis Farrakhan, obviously, um, is is in a, in a nation of Islam. Another another group of people. Um, another cult, another violent cult, another racist cult. Uh, very anti-Jewish. Uh, so I I don't know where all this anti-Semitism comes from. The the only thing I can really think of is it's like a a, a um, it's like a, a religious view version. It's like a religious version of the uh, Oedipus complex. You know, the, the the new religion doesn't feel like a valid religion as long as the originals, as long as the original religion still exists, which, which would be Judaism. So the Christians felt like they weren't fully a full-fledged religion as long as the Jews still existed. And then the Muslims came along and they felt the same way uh, about the, the Jews and, and uh, you know, to a lesser degree, to the Christians. So it's sad, it's pathetic. It, it, you know, you can't change reality by wishing it so. But they don't seem to—they uh, don't seem to grasp that concept. So they're going to continue on with their nonsense, um, hopefully in, in non-violent ways. Uh, Nation of Islam members are less violent than, uh, than obviously than, uh, oh, uh, the Black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, the Moorish Americans that I spoke of a moment ago—they're kind of another—they're kind of like the black version of sovereign citizens. Uh, you know, if anybody's familiar with sovereign citizens, they, they don't believe that they, you know, they believe they're separate from the government, that they don't have to follow the rules of the government, they don't have to follow the laws, they don't have to have license plates, they don't have to have a driver's license, they don't have to have registration for their car of any kind, they don't have to have insurance, and uh, you're not allowed to pull them over because they're traveling in their vessel. You know, they always cite that uh, the freedom to travel. Yeah, you have the freedom to travel. The, the means of travel, a little bit different. You have the freedom to travel. You still have to have a pilot's license to fly a plane, to pilot a plane. You can't just get in a plane and fly around. So, uh, very delusional people, very similar to, you know, it's just another another segment of uh, the whole sovereign citizen insanity. And there's plenty of uh, sovereign citizens. Um, I believe it started either here in the U.S. and it spread to other parts of the Western world. So you'll find Australian sovereign citizens, you'll find Canadian sovereign citizens, and some in Europe. I've seen some very, very amusing films from Ireland and, and England. So, non-English speaking countries, I'm not sure. I, I really couldn't tell you. I'm not familiar with that. All right, so conspiracy thinking on the right. We're gonna. That's another topic we're going to talk about. Conspiracy thinking on the right. Now, we're talking about people that believe that, uh, oh, uh, the uh, they, they say stuff like uh, that the, 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 the vaccination is uh, some kind of plan to kill everybody and uh, there's no point in the vaccination vaccinations don't work vaccines don't work uh, they're luddites luddites mean for people that are not familiar with that term uh, they're afraid of, of of modern medicine they're afraid of modern technology um, you know this fear of, of progress it's very strange um, you know they say stuff like chemtrails when I was a little boy, I used to love, love to look up in the sky and see the condensation trails. Contrails, not chemtrails, contrails. Contrails are the, the condensation off of a plane flying at that altitude from the cold, 
and it leaves uh, a stream of, of particles, of ice particles that, that look like smoke, basically. And uh, I used to love it when I was a kid to look up in the sky and see these contrails all over the place. So these lunatics think that, uh, and again, I'm a, I'm a conservative, I'm on the far right, but these lunatics think that it's uh, that these are chemtrails and it, that it's a, a secret uh, plan by Bill Gates and, and who else knows who uh, to eliminate, you know, this Alex Jones, Jesse Ventura uh, type of, you know, lunacy. But it's, it's the idea that, uh, you know, they're trying to, to mass genocide everybody and population control through these uh, so-called uh, chemical trails in the sky. No proof, no evidence, but, you know, pure insanity. Um, you know, and they, they come up, you know, of course, people like Alex Jones think that 9-11 was an inside job. Uh, you know, he, he was sued because of his portrayal of uh, the uh, parents of the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre. You know, because he claims he claims stuff like uh, he made innuendo and claims that uh, these were crisis actors and that they were laughing and they weren't legitimately sad because their children were killed and and that the kids weren't really dead and you know it's 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 a type of sickness that I don't really know how to get rid of I don't know how it's, it can be eradicated um, it's been going on forever it's been going on since before I was born you know it started with the JFK assassination and then it went on to everything, every every possible incident, and it's only ramped up and got worse. It's gotten much worse over the years. So the Boston bombings, supposedly that's, that was an inside job. 9-11 was supposedly an inside job. Uh, Sandy Hook wasn't real. Uh, you know, all this other nonsense. The, the, these people need locked up in a, in a mental asylum. Uh, they need proper psychiatric care. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, the internet has been a meet and greet for the lunatic community. Before in the past, when I was young, again, I was born in 1970. In the past, if you were a lunatic, you might run into a few fellow-minded lunatics out there. But with the advent of the internet, now it's it's like, a, like I said, it's like a meet and greet for the lunatics. All the lunatics get together and, and, and they feed off of each other and they make these crazy ass stories up and they buy into it. And, and it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And I, I think part of it is is that they're delusional, but also part of it is is they treat it like a form of entertainment. They enjoy making these things up. They enjoy pretending to believe these things. They don't really care if it's real. They, they just enjoy making it up and, and, and pretending that it's real. And, and they create rooms and, on, various, uh, on various social media platforms. And they have conversations for hours on end, hundreds of people sometimes, about how the government's out to get them, and, the government's doing this, and they're going to plant chips in them through the... the I remember when they were saying that uh, the vaccination, the COVID vaccination, uh, was going to um, plant some kind of a chip. First of all, the chips aren't small enough to be put into you uh, via, via uh, a, uh, an injection from something like that, from, from a syringe. So that's just, that's just nuts by itself. But don't, don't let uh, reality slow you down. So, yeah, so they believe these kind of things... Um, and there's no talking to them. There's absolutely no talking to them. Um, you might as well be trying to have a conversation with your cat about serious political issues, because they see this through. They see everything through a paranoid, uh, you know, delusional, conspiratorial, conspiratorial lens that's just never going to change. There's no getting through those thick skulls. 
I've tried many times. It's a fool's errand. I, I, I try not to anymore. I try not to engage because it's, it's just not going to happen. They're not going to change their minds. And uh, so you can't force people to, to embrace reality. That's one thing I learned a long time ago. It's, but it, still, I, I, I try and, and, and futility every once in a while. So, um, so uh, rape is about sex, not about power or control. That's another topic we're going to touch on. We're going to deep all these things that I'm talking about. It sounds like I'm talking about it now, but we're going to go into deep. We're going to deep dive into these topics and many, many more topics um, when we do an hour or at least an hour or more on each topic. We're going to deep dive into it, and there's going to be a lot more conversation, a lot more details, uh, a lot more information that you can get and share through the through the uh, podcast. I'm just trying to give you a little taste, a little teaser of what we're going to talk about. So rape is about sex, not about, not about uh, control and power. And, and what I mean is, is for some reason, and I, I truly have no idea why, but there's a lot of women that believe, and there's a lot of men that go along with whatever women say for some reason. It's very odd to me. Uh, I don't know what happened to the real men. But there's a lot of women out there that believe that everything that men do is somehow about controlling them. No. Rape, rape is, you know what, criminals steal from you, they take from you. If they want your money, they take your money. If they want your property, they take your property, whether that's your car, whether that's your watch, whether that's your gold necklace, whether it's your, your wedding engagement ring. If they want it, you know, if they break into your house and you're not there, they take your TV, they take your stereo system, whatever, your computer, you know, it, it's theft. Rape is simply another another form, form of theft. If they want your life, they take your life. If they want your sex, they take your sex. These, these are criminals. They take what they want. A lot, of, a lot of rapes are secondary crimes, meaning it starts out as a burglary and it turns into a rape. It starts out as an armed robbery. It turns into a rape. It starts out as a kidnapping and it turns into a rape. So it's, it's a, a crime of convenience. They're 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 take they're they're doing some committing some other crime anyway, and so they throw in the rape. They might as well they might as well uh, take your sex along with it, if they want it. Uh, horrible stuff, disgusting people, absolute animals. But this this is how criminals think. They take what they want. Has absolutely nothing to do with control. Now, am I saying it's it's never about control? Of course, nothing's a hundred percent. Nothing in this world is a hundred percent. So I'm sure there are times when it is about control. I'm sure there are, but I'm sure most the, the lion's share of the rapes that happen are not about control. They're about the criminal taking what they want from you, whether that's money, whether that's property, whether that's your life, or whether that's sex. That's the way. That's the way that things work. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's a bad thing, and I. I, I but it's part of uh, human nature. Which is, which again is extremely unfortunate, but it's not going to change anytime soon. So, if somebody's waiting for that to change, you know, murder is never always going to be there. Rape is always going to be there. Physical assault is always going to be there. Uh, kidnapping, uh, you name the crime: theft, kidnapping, everything. Everything is always going to exist in one form or another, to one degree or another. So, if you're waiting for these things to be solved, you're, you're wasting your time. Um, so I, I wish you know it's it's kind of like uh, being pro-life. Oh, you want to control a woman's body? I, I couldn't give a rat's ass less about controlling a woman's body. Has absolutely nothing to do with controlling your body. Couldn't care one way or the other. Couldn't care less. But 
It's about about something else. It's about the child's life. So women really need to get past this idea that everything that men do, good or bad, is about controlling women. It, it shows insecurity. It shows an insecurity in women. Uh, it's not about controlling you. Okay, uh, next would be, should prostitution be made legal? I, I think it should. And again, I'm a conservative. I'm far right wing. I'm not just a conservative. I'm, I would consider myself far right wing. I'm, I'm extremely conservative. But there are a few issues that I'm more of a libertarian on. And things like uh, prostitution is probably one of those things. Now, I'm not advocating for prostitution being made legal, um, you know, where some hooker can just walk down the street and be picked up in a car in a, in a, in a, in a uh, residential neighborhood or downtown uh, city. I'm, I'm talking about uh, brothels. I'm talking about brothels like they have in Nevada and in other countries. Brothels should be legal. State regulated, managed, uh, with restrictions and, you know, paperwork and testing for STDs and other such things. Uh, so that, you know, and away from, away from churches and away from residential neighborhoods, things like, things of that nature. But I, I definitely think it should be legal. I, I can't imagine why it wouldn't be. Um, if the woman wants to do it and the man wants to pay for it, then I, I see no problem with it. Now, of course, there's going to be people out there. What if the, uh, you know, what if the woman wants to do it and the man wants, to, or the, what if the uh, man wants to do it and the woman wants to pay for it? Yeah, never going to happen. Heidi Fleiss tried creating a brothel in Nevada where men sell, sold sex to women. Did not happen. Did not happen. Women can have sex anytime they want at their convenience. And that's just a fact. Whether it's a good fact, a bad fact, or whatever the case may be, that's reality. Men are more into sex than women are. They have a higher sex drive. That's why you see all these porn shops and all the men going there. That's why you see all the prostitution. Anytime you go into any major city, you see an area where there's prostitutes. Even some small towns, there's going to be a red light district. There's going to be prostitutes. And uh, it's always women selling sex to men. It always has been, always will be. Now, have there been a few homosexual prostitutes out there? I'm sure there probably have. But have there been men selling sex to women? You know, like uh, Richard Gere played in that movie, The Gigolo? No, that's that's nonsense. That's fantasy land. That's fantasy land. So, yes, I, I have no problem with regulated brothels when it comes to prostitution. Street prostitution, absolutely not. Do I want some pimp slapping some girl around, getting her addicted to drugs? Do I want underage prostitutes? Absolutely not. I want health care plans. I want uh, regular testing for STDs. Safe places uh, so that you don't have to worry about being beat up by the, uh, by the customers. You don't have to worry about uh, other problems, being robbed. So, that would be the prostitution. Uh, should we reinstate the death penalty or at least... Uh, you know, apply it where the, where it's already legal. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, for those of you that remember that I'm pro uh, pro life, I'm pro innocent life. I'm pro innocent life. People ask me, well, how can you be? And I've talked to nuns, and I've talked to other various clergy in the Catholic Church, and they say, well, we're pro life. Period. That's why we are against the death penalty. Well, no, I'm pro death penalty, even though I'm pro life, because I'm again, I'm pro innocent life. I don't think that an innocent child that's never done anything to anybody. And people always want to argue with me. Well, it's, you know, it's 
you can't be innocent because it has no agency and so it, it can't commit a, a decision on whether to be good or bad blah 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 I don't think that an innocent child should be uh, held equivalent as a convicted murderer I don't equate the two somebody that goes in and murders an entire family or even one person is not the same as, a, as an innocent child who's never done anything to anybody so that's how I can be pro-life and pro-death penalty. Uh, to me, if you've committed a horrible crime, you've, you've murdered people, or I would even extend the... Capital offense used to be, mean that it was a death penalty case, and it used to be extended to things like rape and other various crimes. Uh, I personally think that it shouldn't be extended to that, but I would have no problem with it being for murder, and I would have no problem with it being for child rape or child molestation. You rape a child, you molest a child, Rape is more of a violent act. Molestation is, is just as sick, but it's not. it doesn't include the violence. But if you rape a child or molest a child or you kill someone, you murder someone, you should be put to death, period. We shouldn't be spending our tax dollars for you to sit in, in some prison and, uh, and, and live the rest of your life out for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And they talk about how expensive this is. Well, there, there's very, you know, one bullet to the back of the head uh, is, is, or, or, a, uh, or bring, back, bring back the gallows. Bring back the gallows. Those two killers and that, um, and that you know, the, the uh, true story was made in cold blood. Um, bring back the gallows. Those were the last guys in the 1960s that were, that were executed by the gallows. Robert Blake played one of the characters. Uh, so bring back the gallows. Very cheap. Not a problem. You build the gallows, you leave them up in some location. And, you know, you, that's how you do the executions. Very inexpensive. So, uh, yeah, I, I have no problem. Also, I know that uh, California and various other places had the third strike in your out rule. Third strike in your, you know, third felony. And you're in prison for life. Uh, I'd say giving them the option third strike and do you want to spend the time, rest of your life in prison or would you prefer to be executed? If you'd prefer to be executed and spend the rest of your life in prison no problem. That's on the table. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen for you. That's my personal opinion. Why spend all this money for people that, that are never getting out of prison? Why let them sit there in prison and us, us you know their, their victims are dead or suffering for the rest of their life in the case of children, if they're molested or raped, their lives are ruined. Ruined! And yet this, this uh, scumbag is in prison. And you know life ne almost never means life. Life almost never means life. So they're going to spend some time in prison, and they're probably going to come out, and they're probably going to re-victimize people. Maybe even the same people. Nobody seems to care. Uh, they replaced the prosecutor in San Francisco for, for not being tough enough on crime, for letting prisoners out of prison. And now we still have Gascon in Los Angeles. And Gascon needs to go too. Gascon is, is, was actually worse than the prosecutor in, in San Francisco. I hate to say the prosecutor in San Francisco. I can't remember the man's name. I am going to do a show and I will know at that time. But I can't remember who he was, but he was replaced. He was, he was kicked out of office. And I think the same thing should happen to Gascon. Gascon has now decided that he doesn't want to traumatize victims by letting them know, by informing them when, when their perpetrators get out of prison. That's for the safety of the victim. He's not doing it because he doesn't want to upset or traumatize the people. 
He's doing it because he's pro-criminal. I'm sorry, folks, but the left, liberals on the left, liberals, the leftist liberals are pro-criminal. They're not pro-victim. They're absolutely pro-criminal. Uh, that's why you said that saw that poor woman screaming at the top of her lungs to the, the, the Black Lives Matter protesters that were out there protesting in front of her apartment building after her apartment got shut up, shot up by this lunatic and uh, six, over a six-hour standoff trying not to kill the guy. And finally, he was taken out by snipers. And so they come out and they, they you know, even though he shot up the woman's apartment, could, could have uh, easily killed her and her children. Uh, they're protesting because, you know, he was a poor little victim. And uh, how, how dare the police shoot him instead of letting him murder this woman and her children. Absolutely disgusting. Disgusting behavior. Uh, you know, the, the left truly is just a, a group of uh, treasonous scum, I, I think. I have no respect for the liberals. Absolutely none, and I don't make any bones about it. Never have, never will. So, should polygamy be, be made legal? Now, I, I know that there are people that sneak around and do polygamy, and I, and I, I think that it's odd that, you know, that two people will get married, and then other women will move in and become part of the family. So it's kind of like an unofficial second or third or fourth wife. That's up to them, I think. If, if that's what they want to do, then, then so be it. I, I have no problem with polygamy. Um, as long as all, all of them are consenting adults, they're all adults, you know, of, of age, they're adults. And uh, everybody's, you know, there, there's, no, there's no pressure, there's no coercion, they're not forced into it. Um, then I, I have no problem with it. You know, war, the whole Warren Jeffs thing, uh, that and the and the uh, Mormon fundamentalists, that, that's a that's a completely different situation. That's a cult with a cult leader that branched off from Mormonism, and uh, he was you know he was abusing these girls, and so was the the the, the various other men of the cult, and, and that's a completely different situation. But you know, you see all this uh, was that one show called Sister Wives? The guy kind of looks like. Uh, a uh, poor man's version of uh, Sammy Hager, and he lives with uh, these women. And I don't know. I don't watch these reality shows. I've just seen the commercials. But if they if they choose to do that, and they're okay with that, I really don't have a problem with that. that but that's just my personal opinion. If if everybody's adults, then what's the deal? If nobody's being forced into it, then uh, so be it. You know, they pool their money. Uh, they live as a family. And uh, you know it's a, a, you know it's a it's a two-edged sword. It's good good for the man, bad for the man. It's good for the man because you know he gets all those women, but it's also bad for the man because he, he gets all those women. Personally, I, I I think I could be a polygamist as long as all my wives were were mimes, M I M E S. You know the, the ones with the white face and they and they you know they communicate in a, a, a series of gestures. And they don't speak because I I think that'd be a lot of talking. You have more than one girlfriend or more than one wife, and that's, that's a hell of a lot of talk. I don't think I can take it. I think I'd jump out a window, but that's just me. But, so, uh, let's see. What should the penalty be for pedophilia or child rape? I've already discussed that. It, it should be execution. It, it should be the death penalty. Absolutely no ifs or buts about it. You ruin a child's life. You need to go. 
You need to go. You don't need to be on this planet. You don't need to have the opportunity to, to do it to another child. And even if you don't have the opportunity to do it to another child, you still need to go. Anybody that's willing to go that far and do that to a child needs to go. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Anybody that's, that's that depraved. Now, I realize that there's a lot of liberals on the left that are not going to agree with this. And, and not because they, they uh, care about, uh, you know, the children or not because they care about the criminals. But, you know, you see all these people sexualizing children. Taking them to gay pride parades and men walking around in assless chaps and, you know, performing sex acts in the middle of the street and twerking and uh, all sorts of other things. And there's a little three or four or five year old, seven, eight year old, nine year old watching this. And their parents are happy and everybody's enjoying themselves and the child's being traumatized, but nobody really gives a damn. Nobody that's a participant of that parade, apparently. Well, you know that uh, NAMBLA, that the North American Man-Boy Love Association, used to be a participant of the Gay Pride Parade every year. And to, until two lesbian organizations put their foot down and said that they were going to make a big stink over it and they were going to boycott the parade. And that's the only reason why NAMBLA was kicked out of the parade. So just keep bear that in mind. Bear that in mind. Very disgusting fact, but a fact that all of them all the same. What should the legal age of consent be? This seems to be very contentious, and even talking about this makes people make up lies and get upset and, and all sorts of nonsense. It makes people lose their minds. So what should the legal age of consent be? Should it be 16, 17, 18, 19, or 21? I personally think that all adulthood should be 21. I don't think you're. I don't think you should be legally an adult until you're 21. Believe it or not, in most states in the United States, the legal age of consent is 16. There's a few that's 17, and there's a couple that's 18, but the overwhelming majority of the states in the United States is 16, which is pretty shocking. It means if you're 66, and you have sexual relations with a girl at 16, uh, that's legal. That's insane. That's completely insane. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've tried to broach the subject before. People lose their minds. They start making crazy accusations. And uh, what are you going to do? P people are not logical. They're not rational. And so the only thing you can do is, is you can just stick to your guns and talk about the topics you want to talk about and uh, let the fur fly. Let the fur fly. It doesn't slow me down. Coming after me about any topic that I discuss, it's like slapping a pit bull across the, the, the chops. You're just getting me rubbed up. You're not going to change me. You're not going to get me to slow down. You're not going to get me to shut up. You're not going to get me to go away. And you're sure as hell not going to get me to change my mind. So, um, should the draft be reinstated? I believe it should be, including for women. I, I, I think that if we're going to have equality along down the board, uh, I think that uh, women should be part of the draft as well. It used to be you had to serve two years. And I think that should be the case. I think between the ages of 21 and, say, 41, you should have to serve two years in the, in, the, in the U.S. military, whether it's the Army, the Navy, the Marines, the Air Force, whatever, whatever the case may be. You should have to serve in the military for two years. If you're going to live in this country and you're going to be protected by the military and you're going to get all the privileges afforded by that, then you should have to participate. Uh, otherwise, you're just a freeloader. Otherwise, you don't really and truly value the freedom you have because it's just being given to you. 
Now, obviously, there's going to be exceptions for people that are not physically capable of doing it. Um, there's always exceptions to everything. But the average person that's you know able to do it should have to do it. Absolutely should have to do it. No bones about it. Um, just sitting around and enjoying life while other people are dying for your freedoms uh, it isn't acceptable to me. All right. Um, U.S. energy independence. You know, why are we worried about gas prices? We have plenty of fuel in the U.S. Why do we shut down pipelines? Why do we keep people from drilling, offshore drilling? You know, one of the reasons why the gas prices are going so high is because the uh, the OPEC and and and, the, and Russia and, and other countries in Africa and, ver- and and South America that are selling fuel, they're selling gas and oil, have us by the throat. We have to we have to play to their tune. I'm sorry, we have to dance to their tune. We have no choice. We do have a choice. We absolutely do have a choice. We could continue to drill. We could open up the pipelines that, that Biden shut down. We could we could start back on offshore oil drilling. We could do all those things, and we would absolutely be in the, in energy independent. We should also uh, you know we should also ramp up the use of nuclear energy. As I said last yesterday, uh, we had uh, France has eighty percent of their power that goes to France is is uh, nuclear power eighty percent. Now, petroleum is in a lot of products, so the petroleum is never going to go away, at least not anytime soon, especially not in our lifetimes. But we could definitely become energy dependent if we want to, if the liberals want to. But the liberals, the left, they want us to be more like Europe. They want us to be more like the rest of the world. They want to eliminate things like free speech. They want to eliminate things like the Second Amendment, the ability to have a gun and protect yourself. And so they have, they, they really don't care about us being independent. Independent, independence is not one of their priorities. Whether it's legally, whether it's uh, whether it's you know our economy, they don't want us to have independence. They just don't. Joe Biden goes over and, and fist bumps the uh, the you know the royal family in Saudi Arabia after after talking all this nonsense about how they're murderers and and he's going to hold them accountable. What an old fool! You know, I think I personally think that. If you're going to be president, you should be able to be president between the ages of 40 and 70. You go past 70, you should not be president, period. That's, that's, a, that's a nice 30-year uh, span. If, if you want to be a president between 40 and, and 70, that's, 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 I think that's reasonable. Anything past 70 and you're pushing it. Now, are there people that could absolutely be president past 70? Are there people that could be in their early 80s and be president? Sure, they're good. But they're the exception. They're not the rule. And so, you know, we see that with Joe Biden. He's, you know, he's senile. Forget about whether I agree with him politically or don't get agree with him politically. He's, he's just senile. And everybody knows on both sides of the aisle. And he's, he's not helping us. He's not helping himself. And he's not helping the country. And anybody that denies that is, is simply being dishonest. They're, I don't even think you're delusional at this point if you deny that. You're just being dishonest. So... Should people go to college? I think some people should go to college. College is a great thing. But should everybody go to college? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not everybody is suited for college. Some people are more suited for trade schools. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a, a, a plumber. There's nothing wrong with being a carpenter. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being a, um, a pipe fitter, which is similar to a plumber. Um, 
there's nothing wrong with any of these blue-collar jobs that make a, a good living, that make a really, really good living, sometimes more than the white-collar jobs. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of people that, that you know, these, a lot of these snobs that think that uh, college is the only way, and if you don't make college, then you're not going to be anything. And I, I don't agree with that. I absolutely don't agree with that. I don't think I would have been nothing if I hadn't went to college. I, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. And I think pushing people to go to college that aren't prepared for college or aren't interested in college or aren't, I'm sorry, aren't capable of college, I think pushing them to do that is simply, a, a, you know, you're harming them. You're harming them and you're harming society by forcing people to do things and raising expectations to the point that's beyond reasonable and being determined that it's going to happen whether, whether they're capable or not. You're not doing anybody a service. You're doing, you're doing everybody a disservice. So that needs to be cut back. You know, other other jobs, other other lines of, uh, you know, other 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 lines of careers need to be explored. Then everybody's going to college, got to go to college, or you're going to be a failure in life. I, I don't agree with that. A lot of people don't agree with that. And for one thing, I, I don't really feel like that it's a, a good place anymore. I think it's full of indoctrination. Maybe it's always been. And, and, and maybe we're just coming to see it more. I know it's been to one extent or another, but I think it's increased. Or maybe maybe it's just been revealed because of social media. Uh, and now we see it more. And now we become more aware. And so it feels like it's more. But no, I don't, I don't think everybody needs to go to college. I don't think everybody's suited for it. And I think it's a mistake to push it. Porn addiction. Porn addiction is a big problem. Do I have a problem with pornography? Absolutely not. You want to look at pornography? No problem. No problem. But when you, when you look at pornography to the point where you don't have a real girlfriend or you don't have a real life, uh, you don't have a wife or a, a girlfriend or a family, uh, or it inter interferes with the rest of your life, just like any other addiction, it's a mistake. There's people that, that pour tons of money into their, their pursuit of porn. They spend hours and hours and hours on end of their days and nights involved in porn. And uh, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for the psyche. It builds up unreasonable expectations when you get a girlfriend or a wife. You expect them to do things that no no person should be you know expected to do, and uh, you you end up ruining you you ruin your relationships and you ruin your family if you get to have a family. And so, porn addiction is a major problem, and uh, I think that uh, I'm not sure what needs to be done about it, but something needs to be done people at least need to hear it's a problem so drug addicts rehab or prison uh, I, I think that maybe for the first two times you go to rehab the third time you go to prison you you relapse the third time the third time on out you, you just go to prison we can't keep putting people through rehabs we can't keep sending them to club med uh, and they just keep screwing up and screwing up and screwing up and going back to rehab and going back to rehab and going back to rehab and going back to rehab. That doesn't solve anything. That doesn't solve anything. So rehab for the first time, maybe the second time, after that, it's time for prison. It's time for real-world consequences. Uh, I like Singapore's uh, laws. If you're a drug addict, you, you, go, to, um, you go to like a, a boot camp if you're a drug user. If you commit, uh, if you get caught a second time, you go to prison. Third time, they're not saying uh, you go to prison. They say execution, which I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. But 
they also, the part I do agree with, is that if you get caught smuggling drugs into Singapore, or if you get caught being a drug dealer, you get executed. I have no problem with that. I think that's a good idea. I think that's one way to, to eliminate, or at least drastically reduce, uh, drug addiction. Now, there, there's people that go to other countries that where they know that the, the, the penalty is going to be the death penalty, or at least life in prison, and they still smuggle drugs and they still sell drugs because it's highly profitable. So will it completely eliminate it? No, obviously not, because there's still people being executed and put in prison for life. But it's going to drastically reduce it. You really, you really have to execute a few people for the crime of, uh, of uh, drug smuggling or drug dealing. Uh, and then uh, to make people know that you mean business. So it'd probably take a few times before it re you really saw an uh, impact on how many people do it. So, um, and, and also I, have no, I, I, I do have a lot of sympathy for people that take pain pills or some type of prescription medication and end up getting addicted. You know, that's, that's a little different than just going out and doing it for recreational purposes. And I think that should be a factor that should be, um, you know, counted in when it comes to sentencing guidelines. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Now, needless to say, I'm on the side of Israel. I'm 100% on the side of Israel. Call me Rabbi Meyer Kahana. Call me Rabbi Kahana. I think that uh, I think that uh, Pal that uh, Jordan was officially declared uh, a Palestinian country. I think that the Palestinians should live in Jordan. And uh, in fact, in 1970, in 1970, the the Palestinians in in Jordan tried to overthrow King Hussein, not not the current King Hussein, but his father, tried to overthrow King Hussein, saying that Jordan was Palestine. And uh, I think that that should be the, the land of Palestine. I think that uh, that they should be, you know, that they should be helped immigrate to uh, Jordan. And that should be, uh, and, and Jordan should take them in and make them part of the uh, population and, and consider that Palestine. I think that would be a major solution. Otherwise, it's just going to be constant, non nonstop conflict. Uh, people being, you know, blowing buses up, people firing rockets into Israel. Uh, people stabbing people to death, people shooting people to death, uh, people blowing up restaurants, kidnapping and murdering people. It's just nonstop. It's, it's endless. Absolutely endless. Think about it this way. If, if, the, if, the, if the Palestinians laid down their weapons, there would be peace tomorrow. If the Israelis laid down their weapons, they would be completely slaughtered. They'd be wiped off the map. So that's how you know who's wrong. You know how you know who's wrong or who's right in the conflict? The side that straps bombs to their own children so that they can blow up other people, including other people's children, that's the side that's wrong. Any parent or any, any community that straps bombs to their own children so that they can murder other people and other people's children, that's the side that's wrong. That's the side I'm against. I, I couldn't care less what the religion is. I couldn't care what less what the what the culture is or the race or whatever. You're strapping bombs to kids, especially your own kids, so you can kill other people's kids. You're wrong. You're wrong, and I'm your enemy. I'm your stated enemy, and and, and I make I, I'm I'm not not going to hide that fact. I'm not going to change my mind on that. So, um, the next one will be China. 
the threat that it poses to the United States and the threat that it poses to the world. It's a global threat. Right now they're making a lot of inroads into uh, Africa so they can so they can take advantage of the, of the Africans. I don't know if the Africans see this or not, if they realize that the threat that's being posed right now, but that's what they're doing. China has a long history of, uh, of taking, uh, you know, creating uh, products that are similar to real products uh, on the black market and selling them, uh, even medication, which is really scary. It's, you know, the one pill that the woman woman died from, she thought that she had diabetes medication and it ended up being uh, drywall was what the pills were made out of. And she died. So, um, you know, this is disgusting stuff. I, I think Jean-Claude Van Damme even played in uh, a movie, some cheesy movie back in the 80s or 90s uh, about um, about the, the uh, black market in China. I don't remember the exact name of the movie, but it's a big problem. A lot, a lot of intellectual property being stolen at, at universities and colleges. Uh, a lot of spies. What was it? Uh, Solwell. The, uh, I think that's how you say his name. Solwell, he, uh, one of the uh, people in our government had actually a, a relationship with a female Chinese spy for a long-standing relationship. Sexual relationship, obviously. Um, so, you know, they, they pose a serious threat. And, uh, Anybody that thinks they don't is extremely naive. You know, see their handwriting on the wall. You don't. You don't want uh, people that throw people into uh, concentration camps, and they have concentration camps over there. You don't want people that. You don't want. You don't want a larger, slightly uh, less extreme version of North Korea running the world. You really don't. So again, this has been the conservative atheist. We're going to be publishing episodes. Um, once a day, Monday through Friday. And uh, I hope you join us. And uh, there'll be upcoming, not only will we be talking about topics like this, we'll also be talking about current events when, when news breaks. And on top of that, we're also going to be talking about, uh, we're going to have uh, interviews. Now, it should be Thursday or Friday, I'm going to have an interview that, that I publish of an of a, a, a um, a very controversial religious leader, internationally known infamous religious leader. And this person, believe it or not, is a very personable person. You know, you think that, you know, some of the things you see on, on the internet or TV, you think this person would be extremely um, difficult to deal with. But no, very pleasant to speak with, very nice person, um, you know, in a conversation, on a one on one conversation. So that'll be an interesting interview. And I, I, I look forward to bring it to you. And uh, you have a great week, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been the Conservative Atheist. Take care.